0: Good evening. Welcome to Element City Church. We are thrilled to have you here. If we haven't met yet, my name is Jack. and one of the pastors here, and it's a delight to have you. I know we met a couple new people, and this is your first week, so thanks for taking a chance on us. We know it takes courage coming to a new place. And so a couple quick things for you that are new. Uh, in case you need some water, there's water in the foyer, and restrooms are down to my left, your right. Uh, and we'd love for you to download our free app, and you can fill out a connection card on that. So if you just go to your app store, type in Element City Church, you'll find us, download that, it's a little E, and you'll find us, and on that third tile down, it's a, a connection card for where we can get connected a little bit, a couple quick texts, and then we'd love to personally invite you to our 10-minute party, which happens at the end of the service. Guess how long it lasts? Less than 10 minutes. Uh, And it's right back there in that corner. If you're here, if you're tuning in online, we've got a host that would love to interact with you. And you can fill out a connection card as well. We'll be able to follow up with you. But uh, just to invite you to kind of plug into the life of the church. So we'll let you know a couple things that are coming up. We are uh, finishing up our vision series tonight. We have a special guest speaker next week, which you'll hear about at the end. He's awesome. You've heard him here before. Uh, And then in two weeks, it's Super Bowl Sunday, and we will not be meeting. What? Yeah. Uh, We will not be meeting at night, okay? So we will have an online service available. You can uh, load up on that. What We're inviting you to serve with us that weekend. You'll hear more about that at the end of tonight. Uh, We kind of call that Serve Weekend. And then just find some friends, have some of your e-group get together or some other people that maybe you sit around and have a Super Bowl party at your house and enjoy uh, commercials because that's really the best part of the game. Uh, So we're glad to have you here. Every week we pray for the Church of the Week. And so if you're here in the room, I'm going to invite you to stand up. If you're at home, stay comfortable. Uh, but we'd love to pray for the Authentic Life Church and Pastor Jeff Vanderford. So, if you're here, stand with us. We'll pray for the Church of the Week. We know uh, we are one church. There, uh, there's a million plus people in southern Arizona that aren't connected in any faith community, so we can't reach them all. We need the church across the city to be powerful and effective, used by God. So, let's pray for uh, Authentic Life Church and for our time together tonight. So God, we are grateful to gather in your house tonight and just this one slice of the kingdom that is Element City Church. We pray for Authentic Life Church, Pastor Jeff and his team. We ask your blessing over them. Would you continue to fund uh, the, the, the way that they can impact their uh, part of the city? Would you continue to, to leverage their leadership? Would you continue to give them dreams and visions for how you want to leverage them uh, and their reach and their scope? And for tonight, God, uh, we're all gathered here or tuned in online and we just collectively hit pause right now. God, we, we kind of catch our breath a little bit from the world that, uh, whirlwind of the week that was and maybe all the things that are stacked up of what is to come this coming week. And we want to lean into your presence and we're asking as we worship you, as we look into your word, God, may your spirit move in our midst. May you change our hearts, nudge us where we need to be nudged prod us where we need to be prodded father would you continue to leverage your presence in and through this church to make a difference in this city for you and for each one that's here in the room each one that's watching online god i pray that tonight specifically that they would sense your presence in their life so god we worship you we we aim our hearts affection in your direction in these next few moments as we sing to you as an act of worship and so would you be in our midst And and be um, powerfully present tonight, we pray, in Jesus' name. And everyone said. and I done saw Mary things.
1: sitting See what our Savior has done. See how love overcomes. He has done great things. He has done great things. Oh, He has done great things. Yeah. Another praise, another praise, another praise You said the road is now Because everything's a vibe, I count it all as lost compared to you A treasure is not
2: earthly, my pride
1: you. <laughs>
3: Simple pursuit of nothing but you, the innocence of a heart in your hands. God, take us back. God take us back to an unswerving faith in the power of your name, a heart beating for your kingdom to reign, a church that is no
2: Father, God, we lift you up in this place. Nothing could ever come close to the love and the pursuit that you have for us, freely offered. Father, in this moment, stand back and sing things like, I want to love you with all of my heart. I want to love you with all of my soul. God, I just, I picture this kingdom that you're building and I picture your people singing those words. And each day growing in faith and understanding of your character and your goodness and your faithfulness. And I see a church that begins to move from a stagnant place and begins to accomplish your purpose. So, Father, as we talk about vision, Lord, as we talk about the plans that you have for us, and man, I've been been around the block and I've known some different churches, Lord, and you have a special plan for this place, Lord, the genuine people uh, that meet together within these walls. It's so special. We want to love you with all of our heart. We want to love you with all of our soul. We want to lock arms and, and be able to sing those words together with our brothers and sisters in this place and see those words come true in the lives of those around us. So Father, I ask for tonight that you would dwell within us and move within us, that your presence would be so tangible, that we would gain a greater insight, a greater understanding and your love for us and the path that you'd have us take. So God, accomplish your purpose here in this place. We love you. You are so worthy of all that we have to give. Be blessed here now. Amen. Can have a seat.
0: Amen. <clears throat> it is a real treat. Um, just to worship with you as our church family. If you're tuning in online or watching this even later in the week or here in the room, um, we've been in this vision series, as Gabe was mentioning in the prayer, this month as uh, Pastor Lyle and I have been kind of helping us unpack what our uh, leaders have spent the last year kind of dreaming into and for God moving forward. And so much of vision is about the future, and I want to share some of that with you tonight, but so much of vision also is is a moment of reflection back and uh, a couple of weeks ago, we uh, took kind of pause as we said, hey, the second Sunday of January is when we started 10 years ago, and we celebrated 10 years, and you got cupcakes, and it was awesome. Uh, and like, we just are, are so thankful for you, and I, I look around here, and I found myself in a reflective mood, thinking about the families who have watched their kids grow up here, uh, of, of of kids uh, who are no longer kids, adults who are leading in our worship and tech team and who were in our youth ministry in, 10 years ago. And, and I think about the people that I've watched and witnessed say yes to Jesus and, and go under the waters of baptism to come up and say, I'm, I'm all in on Jesus. And, and I am just I found myself even just kind of looking around the room or maybe even for those of you who are watching online. And, and just uh, a couple weeks ago, we said, hey, how many of you have joined since 2020? And a third of the room uh, is new. Uh, and, and like, so you're, you're coming in on the story that has been unfolding for a while, and that's such a beautiful thing. I was at the basketball game two weeks ago, U of A, bear down, okay, uh, and they won, and I'm there, and I'm waiting to go to my seat, and some guy walks by, and then he comes, like, does a double take, and comes back and says, hey, are you the pastor of Elmwood City Church? And I was like, I never know what to say in that moment, like, uh, yes, yes, I am, and he said, we've been watching online. We haven't been yet, uh, but we're excited to get here. And I got an email last week from someone, we've been watching On we moved here, and we haven't been in the building yet, but we just want you to know we're excited to be here and excited for what God's doing in your place. And so whether you're part of the story from long ago, or whether you're part of the story from tonight, I just want to tell you, God's doing something here that is all about Him. And it's an opportunity for us to be a part of that story together. And I just want to invite us to continue to lean into the beauty of that and to the truth of what that is. And so this last uh, three weeks, we kind of spent some time unpacking this vision statement that we want to kind of aim our attention at. Uh, We're an inviting community of Jesus followers. We're not just a bunch of fans of Jesus who know things about Him but we're following after him the best we know how in the moments we're in. We're commissioned by the gospel to make disciples. We want to help people understand what it means to actually know Jesus and begin to walk out life with him and following after him. We want to cultivate relationships that reflect the love of Christ. We want to cultivate our own relationship with God, fall more and more in love with him as we're kind of overwhelmed by his incredible love for us that sought us before we ever even looked in his direction. That's the gospel, that God loved you before you ever even noticed him, before you ever even acknowledged him. He loves you. He's for you. And we want to cultivate the relationships we have around us with that love of Christ that would permeate everything we do and the way we go about doing it. And part of our vision is kind of saying, okay, on the technical side, that's kind of the big overarching goal, and we want to kind of aim at that, but we want to put some some footsteps to it. If you have a yard, maybe you have a gravel yard, and you have some footsteps through that gravel yard, or to get over a little pond, you've ever been across a pond or so, and you see little footsteps, what are some of those footsteps that we want to take as a church? And, and that's kind of living out our mission, kind of our flavor of how we're going to live out the Great Command and the great commission that Jesus gave to his church. So his church long ago and to his church that's still standing today There's this great commandment of, hey, I want you to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. And this great commission, you're gonna go and to make disciples. And each church is gonna have a different flavor, if you will, of how they live that out. And tonight I wanna unpack a little bit more of our flavor of how we're gonna go about that because we want to be about a couple different things. We wanna be about cultivating the culture of our church, our gathering, and and how people connect and how we live this out. And we want to dream into our future, uh, which is a you and me and a we thing, that it's going to take all of us to be a part of that because the dream is bigger than what we can do in reality right now. And so we want to dream into that. But we want to cultivate a culture that grows people to reach, equip, and send. That's what we want to be about. As we pursue our vision, we want to help people reach. We want to help people reach up and worship and develop a heart of worship for God. Uh, because that will actually help cultivate a heart of love in you as you grow in understanding his love for you. And we want to reach up in worship. We want to reach out to those around us. We want to be equipped to understand what does it mean to follow Jesus? How do I leverage my, my life, my skills, my talents, my abilities, my passions that God's put within me for God's kingdom and for his work, not just my own little kingdom, but for God's kingdom, his story? And, and then how can I live as a sent one? Uh, that, I, that you and I as followers of Jesus were to live sent. And so I want to unpack that tonight and then unpack a little bit of the dream for like the next decade as we kind of pursue after that a little bit. So if you're new, this is kind of, you're in on the ground level. Uh, if you've been around for a while, this has kind of been unfolding for the last couple years. And so just to recap that, we want to reach people with Jesus. We want to equip people to know Jesus. and so we want to send people out for Jesus to reach up in love, to reach out in his love, to love God, to love people. See, it's not a matter of if you and I will worship. We have been made to worship. We all will and we all do give our attention and our affections and our devotions, our hearts' allegiances to something or someone. You do this automatically. It's not if you're going to do it, you do it. But it's a matter of who is going to be on the receiving end of that or what is on the receiving end of that. For a lot of people, they give their attention, their allegiances to their career or the pursuit of more accomplishments or more achievements. They give it to uh, pursuing kind of the, the greatest family ever to be on the face of the earth or their relationships or some people give their allegiances to their hobbies. But Jesus challenges us in the great commandment to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, that your heart's allegiance first and foremost is to be for God. That is your spiritual act of worship. Uh, Paul writes this in Romans 12, 1, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies, like in view of everything God has done for you, then offer your life offer your life as a holy and pleasing sacrifice to God. This is your true and proper worship. See, worship is way more than a song. We take uh, a significant portion of our time to sing because we know, uh, I know, like in my own life, I don't do that. Like, I don't have a worship band in my house. I don't know if you guys do. I don't. For some of you, you're like ultra talented, and maybe your family could pull off something, but that's like two people here, okay? So like most of us, we don't have that. So we try to create a setting here where we can do something what we can't do necessarily on our own, and corporate worship has been a part of the church from the very get-go. From the launch of when Jesus said, this is my church, I'm sending it forward, it's been a part of the reality of the assembly. And so, we want to create space to develop a heart of a worshiper with them, to reach up, to love God, to seek Him first. Jesus said, seek God first. All the other stuff that you pursue after and that we kind of give our attention and our affections to, listen, if you seek God first, all these other things will be added to you, and they'll be in the proper balance, See, when you don't seek God first, we end up seeking all these other things, and it's out of balance, and that's where I think a lot of people get sideways. Now, you may be here, and you're not a follower of Jesus. Maybe you're just investigating spiritual things, and I think it's awesome that you're willing to, to investigate those spiritual things. In fact, I'm really proud of you for being here, because I know it takes courage to, to kind of go on that pursuit, and, and our hope is that we would be a place that's safe enough for you to investigate in your own pace. Because most of us, a lot of us here have become convinced of the love of God for us and for me. And we want that for the people around us. For them to, to understand the truth that God really is for you. And that he longs to be connected to you. And so this idea of reaching up in worship is kind of very core foundational to us. We want to develop heart of worshipers around us because we know as we develop the love that is for God, it will help us to love the people for God, the people that he loves, that he's trying to reach around you. This is what Jesus said in the new commandment, John 13. He said, a new command to give you, love one another. As I have loved you, okay, I went first, I've modeled it, you must love one another that way. By this, all men will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. See, a life of reaching out isn't trying to convince people or convict people or coerce people. It's a life centered around the love of God and living out that kind of love that Jesus has for you and that you've experienced for other people to have a taste of that, for them to to begin to experience what the psalmist says, to taste and see that the Lord is good and that he's actually not out to get you. He's actually for you and he actually loves you. He actually knows your name and he's part of wanting to understand you. That God's story of love and redemption and forgiveness and hope is found in Jesus. And we want people to experience that. In his book, Unchristian, author uh, David Kinneman interviewed hundreds of young adults and their perceptions and their experiences around Christianity. And when it came to the subject of evangelism, the overwhelming response 10 years ago, only worse today probably, the overwhelming response was negative. The people Kinnaman talked to often felt bullied or manipulated. Only a third of those that he interviewed said Christians actually really cared about them. The rest said they felt like they were a project or a target for people. So how do we share our faith in a way that people would experience it as a good experience and that they're not an experiment? Well, I think it comes down real basic to we love people, like we actually care. Like authentically, we live that out. We, we cultivate that in a way that uh, is not superficial, it's not surfacy, but that we actually know people's name, that we actually care, we actually ask questions, we actually love them, we pray for folks as we have opportunity, we listen, we serve, we help, we love with the winsomeness of Jesus, Because what you find fascinating when you study the gospel accounts of Jesus is that people who were nothing like Jesus actually liked Jesus. And what if that would be said of the church again? Because the church has has an issue, shall we say, in the watching world around us, and part of it is because we've not loved very well. We have not lived out the winsomeness of Jesus, and what if we get back to that, that we let our actions speak first and speak loudest, and when it's time, when the opportunity is right, we speak up and we share our story of transformation that we're experiencing Christ to us, and we are able to share the experience and the story of Jesus. For other people who are becoming curious, but maybe we don't need to use a bullhorn, and maybe we don't need to land blast people. Maybe we actually need to love in a way, in a winsome way, that actually earns the right to invite, actually earns the right to be heard, because I think that's part of the issue, it is sometimes we just speak and we talk instead of loving. And we just come alongside, and, and we're with people. We are there to rejoice with them when they rejoice, and we mourn with those who mourn. And, and we're in the midst of it. And so we want to learn to reach out intentionally, which takes investment. It's not easy. It takes time. This is a long-term investment with people. And so one of the things we want to introduce uh, this year is, is this one-one-one initiative. And here's what it means. That each one reach one each year. Each one of you, of me, each one reach one each year. Well, that's not evangelism, Jack. Like evangelism is you have to go up and down the street and you have to hand out tracts and you have to like use a bullhorn. No, 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 that's one way to do it. And I would suggest in our skeptical culture, that may not be the best way to do it. There may be other opportunities, but what if we just said, hey, we're gonna have this initiative where each one of us, it's just trying to reach one person a year. And we're gonna intentionally invest in that relationship where we're gonna, we're gonna love them. We're gonna actually know them. We're going to go out to lunch with them, out to dinner with them. We're going to have them over. We're going to learn uh, that maybe when we have opportunities to serve around here, we're just going to invite them to serve with us because I think everybody loves to make a difference in the world. And so, what if you just serve alongside me? And then maybe along the way, conversation turns in a spiritual direction if it happens. And if it doesn't, we don't force things, but we just kind of are praying behind the scenes God, would you be active? in our friend's life because you love them more than I do. And you're actually wanting to winsomely lead them to yourself. You want them to be known by you. And so what would it look like for us to invite them to church, to invite them even to watch online from afar, to invest in spiritual conversations, to build a relationship for a solid year just saying, God, I'm all in. What would it look like for us to say, hey, each one reach one each year, and for us to live with the heart and a mindset? God, here it is January. Who, in my circle of connections, would you love to connect with by this time next January? And then who can I love in partnership with your Spirit that this year I can try to be intentional about having conversations, about praying with them, about listening, about learning more about them. This is a long, slow, intentional work, asking God to rescue a heart and redeem a life that does not happen instantaneously, especially an antagonistic perception of the world has around most of Christianity. And how things have gotten so skewed and maybe an inaccurate view of Jesus and his love from a media perspective, and people are skeptical. And so how do you love a skeptic? You love a person first, and you just minister to them to the best of your ability, and to the best of your scope, and of your time, and of your resource, and your energy, and you pray. You pray for God to be active in their life, and you pray for God to use you to partner in being active in their life because he cares about them. Listen, he cares about them more than you ever will. And he cares about them even if they never say yes to him. Think about that. God loves people. People matter to him. And so people aren't a project. They're not an experiment, they need to experience the love of Christ. And so, we want to reach out. See, Jesus came and sought you out. That's why we want to be people who reach out. Remember the story of Zacchaeus? I identify with him because I'm short. And Jesus, at the very end of that story, says this, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Jesus is at the bottom line saying, here's my mission." Here's what I'm about. I'm about helping people who are wandering away from connection with God to find a connection with God and to have a relationship with Him. And so we want to be a people who reach up and worship and reach out to love others around them. We want to help equip people Uh, that you have giftings and abilities and passions and a purpose. We are diverse and we are different, but we are unified in how we're all to follow after Jesus. That was Jesus' original call, remember? Uh, It wasn't, hey, pledge here, show up here. It was just, hey, come follow me. It was this very relational invitation. Matthew chapter 4, Jesus is walking along the Sea of Galilee. He sees two brothers, Simon and Peter and his brother Andrew, and says, they're casting a net. He says, just come follow me. They drop everything. He says, I'll teach you how to fish for people. They leave their nets and they follow him. And from the very first century till now, that's the point of being a Jesus follower, not just a fan of Jesus. Jesus has enough fans, people who know a little bit about him. What he's looking for is people who will follow after him and extend the invitation that he gives even today. Come follow. Me. We've given this definition of disciple. Here's what a disciple is. A disciple is someone who knows and follows Jesus, is becoming like Jesus, and is committed to the mission of Jesus. See, we want to equip people to be apprentices or students of Jesus, developing people, uh, that God would be at work behind the scenes, transforming, changing them, uh, molding their character, that they would become more and more who God has intended them and desires them to be, growing into maturity. The Apostle Paul discusses this for the church. Here's what the church is to do. Here's what the church leaders are to do, Ephesians 4. Christ himself gave the apostle, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service. So that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. Not just spiritual babies, but mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Leaders of this movement called the church are to equip and release people for God to leverage their lives for His good in the world around them. We'll be unified as we do that together to the best of our ability but we each uniquely have been gifted and will be released to figure out how our contribution into the kingdom happens. And your contribution will be different than mine, and it should be. And in fact, you're uniquely wired in a way to make a contribution that I can't make. And it's the beauty of God working all of this and orchestrating all of this together for the church, the movement that is of Jesus to make a difference in the world around him. See, maturing people can have an expanding impact and leverage in the lives of others. But immature people, people who never grow up and they stay spiritual babies, they don't get greater responsibility and they'll have a limited impact. And so the challenge and the invitation is for us to grow, to actually be equipped to begin to walk this out more and more. And so we want to equip people. We want to figure out ways to do that in our services, in our e-groups, digitally, because most of us live online in so much of our capacity these days. And so we want to expand our ability to do that beyond even what we can do right now. We want to get better at that, to meet people where they're at. And we want to help send people. Not just reach, not just equip, but we want to send people. That word send is used often in the New Testament. As a matter of fact, it's one of the very first words Jesus says that comes out of his mouth post-resurrection. John 20, 21 says this. He says, he was speaking to his disciples. He shows up in the room. Peace, be still. As the Father has sent me, I so send you. Meaning we are to live on mission now for the the cause and the hope of Jesus. It's not about your little kingdom that you can build. It's not about my little kingdom that I can build. See, that's the world's perspective. You just do this and create this for yourself and put all your attention, all your focus on that. And Jesus is saying, no, no, no. That is a shallow view of how to live an effective, powerful life. I've got something so much better for you. I want to enfold you into what I'm doing in the world around you, and I want you to be a part of it, I wanna send you. How has he arranged you, your sphere of influence, your connections, your family relationships, the work scenarios and relationships and connections you have, the friendships you have, that he wants you to be a representative there. Matthew twenty-eight nineteen: go and make disciples, the Great Commission. Acts 1, 8, be my witnesses to the ends of the earth, Jesus said. 2 Corinthians 5, 14, for the love of Christ compels us we are compelled to share the love of Jesus for all because all people matter to God. The word compel literally in Greek is to hem in, to hold on both sides, to kind uh, of, to, to not give you an option of another way. Uh, it, it's the word they would use for when you were a prisoner in the first century. You were often chained between two guards. You had no freedom in of, of yourself. You were compelled to do what they said. And that's the image that Paul is talking about here. This love of Christ is to compel us to move forward in the mission of Jesus, to not just make it about us. Here's how he says it, 2 Corinthians 5, 14, 15, and 20. Christ's love controls us, compels us. Since we believe Christ died for all, we also believe that all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ. Christ so we are Christ ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Come back in God's direction as he's moving in yours. We are to be carriers of the message of God's hope, the gospel. See, everybody matters to God. There isn't one person on this planet who doesn't. Everybody matters to God. God loves people. He cares about them. Because God cares, he sends you and he sends me. And for a lot of folks in our culture, they don't believe that. They don't live with the mindset that God is for them. They believe God is against them or that God doesn't even acknowledge or recognize, ignores them. And so the invitation for us is to be used by him, leveraged and sent in a way that we would help people encounter a different truth, the reality of what is, that God has put specific people in your life that he desires to share the good news with, and that you might be the only Christian that those people ever encounter. The Jesus with skin on for people to experience and see. You are to be an active agent for God and his good in the world. Jesus releases his people into the world to be agents of reconciliation, ambassadors of hope, and stewards of his justice in the world around us. We are to live as a sent one, kind of that active agent for God and his good in the world. And what would it do in your mindset to live that way? That not just on a Sunday, but like on a Monday afternoon. Monday afternoon. Can it get any more struggling than Monday afternoon? But even there, even then, God's saying, hey, you're going to live on mission with me. See, Christians, we don't just attend a church. You are the church, and you're going to be the church to the people around us. We want to reach, equip, and send because, as an inviting community of Jesus followers, we've been commissioned by the gospel to make disciples and to cultivate relationships with the love of Christ. That's what we're about. And and everything we want to do in the next three to five to 10 years is centered, is anchored to those pursuits of becoming that kind of community. And so we have a dream as a church. We love the fact that we started as a church plant from Fantano Christian. We met in a town hall uh, there. We met in their youth room. And, and the vision was hey, there's a church that's needed to get to Midtown. And we've got to get there. We, you know what? Uh, when you're a brand new church plant, you got no money. And so we couldn't just get there. We, we couldn't just land here. We had to take some steps. And so it took us a year. And we finally got opened a door for us to get into Catalina High School. And we were there for four years. And how many of you are part of the Setup Teardown crew there? You remember sweat, the blood, the tears of pulling everything in and pulling everything out and what we did. And and God did amazing things in our time. And we still have a deep connection uh, to the two schools that we've kind of pseudo-adopted, Catalina High School and John B. Wright Elementary, and still are connected to the principals and to the schools and trying to make a difference there. And then God opened up an opportunity a few years back for us to get here and to kind of move from kind of out renting an apartment to a duplex. We're in a duplex right now, which is awesome because we love our partnership with Emmanuel. We love the fact that we get to be here. They meet Sunday mornings. We meet Sunday nights. We got a great relationship. But we dream about the future. We dream about having a place and a space to call our own someday. Uh, we dream about the opportunity uh, to reach more people and, and to make a difference in the lives of the friends. If we're going to each one reach one each year, then that is an opportunity for us to continue to grow and to put roots down, to develop and to grow in understanding how do we develop a ministry that's highly relational and highly digital at the same time, that we can gather as a community, but we also live as a scattered community all across this city. We have people from every corner of this city that call elements home, from the far northwest to the far southeast, and everything in between, and that people are literally everywhere. You're watching online, some of you, from every different part of this city, And we gather in the heart of the city because we want to make a difference here. We believe God has kind of centered us in a way to bring some hope back to the heart of the city. And so we want to find a space, potentially, that's here that can become a hub of ministry. If you just dream with us a little bit, what would it look like to begin inviting your community, the people you're connected to, your friends, your family, your co-workers, your neighbors, your people, and they would begin to find a hope and a home here with us, to begin to experience, here's what a godly, authentic, beautiful community of people who are following after Jesus looks like and and begins to experience. Listen, we are not perfect. We'll be the first to admit that, Uh, but we want to get better step after step, day after day, week after week. We want to be healthy, as followers of Jesus. We seek to follow him and to cultivate and form his kind of heart within us more and more, to watch him do transformational work as he has done over the last 10 years on into the next 10, and to see people that you're connected to, your people, begin to take maybe that first step with Jesus, or a next step with him, or maybe even a first step in his direction even that we want to do things for him. We want to chase after creating room and opportunity for us to impact the families who are not even here yet. And so that dream is going to take a commitment of you, me, and we, all of us together. The dream is going to take resource and more resource than we even have available right now. Our first budget in 2013, our first year of gifts of tithes and offerings that came in one hundred and eighty eight thousand seven hundred and thirty three dollars, and like nineteen cents if we 're counting we 'll count it. <coughs> we have a budget right now of two hundred and seventy thousand that 's what we 're looking to have as an annual budget. We have never been over 300000 in an annual budget. And that's just, that's operations, that's personnel, that's ministry, that's missions, that's everything that we are currently doing. And we went over missions and how we're connected all across the city, investing in other uh, nonprofits and ministry opportunities here, not just ourselves. And we want, to, we want to do triple that. But the reality is we have to get over our first hump. Like, we got to get over 300000 in annual budget. We're not there. And so I'm just being real, just being honest. And we'd love to get there because that means more ministry opportunities. That, more, that means more mission opportunities. That means more opportunities to impact people. And so the invitation for you, for a lot of you, you have been giving your tithes and offerings here, and we are incredibly grateful for that, for your partnership in that. And so I just want to pause and say thank you. Uh, we have a phrase we use around here a lot. It takes real money to do real ministry. Like it's not pixie dust. It's not just magic that happens. It takes real investment to make real things happen in the kingdom. And so tonight, uh, especially if you're new, we don't hardly ever talk about this, being honest. But tonight, I'm just kind of putting it out there uh, because for us to pursue where we'd like to go over the next 10 years, it's going to take resource. And so for some of you, maybe you've never even considered partnering with a church. The average American Christian gives 3% of their income away to God, investment in God, or charities, to the church or charities. The scriptures say, hey, give 10% to God and trust that the 90% that's left, he's going to use and leverage you to have a wonderful life and to, to work and meet your needs as you need. Now, you may not be there, and that's Okay. But what would it look like for you to take a step in that direction? To begin to say, hey, I'm going to actually put my money where my mouth is. And if I'm a follower of Jesus, if you're not a follower of Jesus, don't give us a dime. Okay? You can if you want. But if you're a follower of Jesus and you call this church home, I'm telling you, it takes real money to do real ministry. And so invest in that. Invest in what God's doing here. And then you'll be able to reflect back like I've been and to see the life change that happens. In order for us to even have the opportunity, I've seen three or four churches around town that were new church plants like us who were gifted a property because God said, hey, it's time, and it's ready, and they were gifted an opportunity, and they were prepared for it. Do you know what would happen if God opened a door and prepared and gave us a property right now? Nothing, because we couldn't handle it. Why? Because you know as a homeowner, it's all on you, right? As a homeowner, something goes wrong, it's on you. You don't call the, uh, the manager and have it fixed and they pay for it. Like, it's all on you. We couldn't handle that expense right now. And so, what we like to do is grow our generosity. What it would look like for us to have a year's annual budget in savings so that when God opens up an opportunity for us to step forward into, we could because we can't right now. Now, we opened up in September a facility fund and we, I mentioned it one time I mentioned it one time in September of last year somehow God has brought $3,000 into our first facility fund we need a hundred times that, just being real that's $300,000 one year annual budget to actually even be positioned in a spot to respond as God opens up opportunity. And so the invitation tonight is real simple. If you call this church home, man, help us get over a hurdle. Invest here. And if and when you're ready and you have above your tithes and offerings that you want to give, you can put that into the facility fund. Every dime of that will be set aside for the future for that. It's earmarked only for that. And so you can help us grow into the future to have a, a hub of ministry where we can have different ministries going on throughout the week. We can have uh, a different opportunities in a digital way and a physical way to begin to minister to the people in this city, to expand the impact God has here. And so as the worship team comes uh, to, to lead us in a closing song, um, here's the invitation for you tonight. I don't know where you're at in all of this, And this is not a pitch uh, to get your wallet, okay? That's not what this is. This is an invitation for you, me, and we to go, hey, God has done something pretty amazing here in the last 10 years. And what would it look like for us to partner with him into the next 10 years? And what would it look like for us to begin to journey into that? And for some of you, that might be, you know what, I've never given a dime here. And I've been coming here for years and so maybe it's just taking a first step, of beginning to invest here. We do that through online or through the app or there's giving boxes in the back. You can start that. For those of you who give your tithes and offerings here, thank you so much. Please continue <laughs> um, and help us continue to grow. And if God opportunity blesses you and, and you want to give above and beyond that, then feel free. And you could do that into the general budget, or you could do that into this facility fund that's available for that, and we'll watch this grow, and together, we will see what God does, and we're praying into that. So in this final song, um, here's the invitation. It's God Send Revival. It's this invitation. I'm just gonna invite us together to actually sing this worship song as a prayer. God, here we are. We're 10 years into this journey that you started, We're 10 years into this journey that you have watched over and you've guarded and you've protected and you've moved us forward one step at a time from living in mom and dad's basement to getting to our own apartment to getting to a duplex and maybe someday getting to the own house. And so what would it look like to participate in that? And so I'm just inviting us together tonight, collectively, whether you're online or here in the room, to use this next song as a prayer. And would you pray with me that God, would you bless Element City Church? And would you leverage her, which is you and me, leverage us to make a difference for you? Would you show us our one, one, one? Each one, reach one, each year. Who's my one that you're calling me to pray for, to seek, to invest in this year, in 2023? You're calling me, inviting me, giving me opportunity to invest in what you're doing here. And what would that look like for me to take a step in that? And so that's the invitation. I'm not gonna close in prayer. I'm gonna invite us to gather in prayer in this final song. So I'm gonna gather here with you. If that's you and that's your heart, as we begin to sing this, I just invite you to to stand, to raise your hands, uh, to, to lean in and pray with us that God would do something that only God can do. And that we would have the joy of looking back a decade from now and reflecting at all the life change and the transformation we've gotten to be a part of and participate with in what he does. And so lead us.
2: Peace like a river Wash over me Immerse me in water As deep as the sea Hide me in love Your healing embrace Peace like a river wash over me
1: as I worship your majesty
0: that's what we pray for. A move of your spirit among my friends, their families, their people that they're connected to. A people that you're already at work behind the scenes and maybe not even recognized. But you're at work. You've invited us to join you. So I just invite you, whether you're at home watching or here in the room, to take 10 seconds and begin to prayer. There's a million plus people, think about that, in southern Arizona that aren't connected in any faith community. As Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few. And There's one, not the million, but the one that he's got you connected to, positioned next to, whether that's a coworker, a classmate, a friend, a neighbor, a family member, who's the one that God's inviting you to join him, to love on his behalf, to be open to the opportunities that he brings. And I want you to take 10 seconds right now to bring their name before God. God, if, if we've got the one, I pray that you would create and orchestrate opportunities, connections, conversations in the week to come, the month to come, this year to come. God, if we're still thinking about who that might be, I pray that even this week, it would just kind of hit us square between the eyes. Here's the one. Would you help us to intentionally invest? in that one with you. God, would you grow your church? This is the slice of the kingdom you've given us to tend called Elements City Church. God, these are your people. We are your people. Would you leverage us to make a difference in the world for you? Would you help us to live as sent ones? Would you help us to reach and grow a heart of a worshiper? Toward you, to be overwhelmed continually by your love and your mercy and your hope for us, to reach those around us, to be equipped to follow you, to live as a sent one. God, would you create this space and this place and these people to be that inviting community of Jesus followers who have been commissioned by the gospel to make disciples, Who are cultivating relationships with your love everywhere we go, with everyone we know. Jesus, would you have your way here? We pray. And the people of God, the family of God says, Amen. Friends, it is a joy to do ministry and to do life and to pursue this vision and mission alongside you. So, whether this is your first Sunday, Hey, welcome, glad you're here. You're getting in on the ground floor. In fact, if this is your first Sunday, uh, we throw a 10-minute party that's just for you. In fact, we give out the best kettle corn this side of the Grand Canyon only for you. The other people, they don't get it, just you. And so that's right back in that corner. Karen will be there, I'll be back there. We'd love to invite you to that. If if you've called Elements home for a long time, again, thank you for partnering here in a host of ways, whether that's in investing here and investing your time also. A lot of you serve around here. Uh, and and there's lots of opportunities for you to connect in that, Uh, so I just invite you to that. Uh, The one announcement I want to make sure we understand is the second Saturday, uh, so February 11, is our second Saturday food distribution. It's also part of our serve weekend. Remember, that's the Super Bowl Sunday. We're not going to meet here on Sunday night, so if you come here, you're going to be sad and lonely, and I will feel bad for you, but I won't know to feel bad for you because I won't be here. Uh, And so I'm inviting you to tune in online, elementcitychurch.org, you can go there, you can find a service, we'll have it uploaded at any point that day on the 12th. On the 11th, we are serving at, uh, it's called Feed My Starving Children, Or Valley Church of Nazarene's hosting it. We're packing 1.1 million meals that's gonna go around the world. Uh, And we have a two hour time slot. Here's the good news, is we filled it up. Here's the bad news. It's full. So some of you who have waited and dragged your feet about, oh, I think I'll do that, oops. But here's the caveat, if you would like to serve with us still, we're gonna open up a second opportunity that's gonna go the two hours before that. So the original is from 2 to 4 p.m., that's full. We got 50 plus people signed up for that. They cut us off. They said, we can't take any more for that slot. We need it earlier. So if you want to help with us, Here's my invitation to you. All of this is in the app. You don't have to remember any of what I'm saying. Just go to the app, read the event. It has my email. Just email me, and I will get you in touch and communicate back to you that you can serve from that 12 to 2 time slot. The rest of you who already signed up, you're in that 2 to 4 time slot. We're there. We're rocking it, okay? So that's the big thing. We have a group that goes out to dinner every Sunday night, uh, and uh, tonight we're going to Rudy's Barbecue, which is one of the best barbecue places in southern Arizona. Um, And so if you'd like to be there in about 25 minutes, uh, you can Google Rudy's Barbecue Tucson. You'll find it uh, and join a host of people down there. Next week, I'm excited to have our friend Glenn Elliott here. He's the pastor, uh, a former pastor of Pantano Christian, has stepped out of that role, and Trevor uh, DeVage has taken over for that. But Glenn now has some free time and so I invited him to come and speak about the power of church as a guy who has spent 40 years investing in the church globally and locally. And I'm excited for you to hear his heart uh, to kind of back up what we've been talking about, what we're invited into. So be here next week for that. Um, friends, hug a hug a friend on the way out. Love you. God bless you. May he use you this week to be the church. Rich.